People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am Matt. I am alongside Joe. What's up? And we are here at the 20 by 20 dorm or sanctuary, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my house. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're here to bring you yet another episode uh, this week, episode 38. Man, it just keeps coming in. Week in, week out, and yeah. it's like we're just pumping along, man. Pumping <laughs> along. Thanks, thanks for everyone's job and joining us on this ride. And as always, we got wrestling on in the background because what's a wrestling podcast without wrestling being on? And we got a special one here. It is WWE's first ever all female pay per view. Keep in mind, I did say WWE. Because <laughs> uh, they continue to forget to mention that, but uh, we were talking, we were watching WWE Evolution. Uh, this is my first time watching it, but it is not your first time, Joe. Uh, so far, I'm only in match two, and I like what I see. Um, obviously, I, I haven't really hit what I feel is going to be the best matches thus far, but so far so good. You have said. When uh, when I I turn it on, that uh, you you were just all about it. So, uh, what's your thoughts in overall on Evolution? Overall, it was a really good show. I think you you described it really well earlier before we started recording the episode. Uh, Matt and I were discussing it. And I was telling him what I saw, what I liked, what I didn't like, and he said like the way I was describing it, it sounded like. Even the B team brought their A game, and that's that's how I felt. Like everybody performed, even if they're a, a, a half-assed performer, they performed at at the top of their game, and because of that, everything really seemed to work. My only big gripe here is the booking of the matches. Everything was was pretty decent except the main event, which was Ronda Rousey versus. Um, Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella, thank you. Yeah. One of the Bellas. I don't, yeah. I don't give a shit which one it is. It's one yeah. of them. They're both the same. But They're the same uh, person. That match, although it was the main event, for me, it should not have been the main event. I think it, it even though it was a, a, title, a title shot, title match, I think it lost a lot of steam to me being the last match when it shouldn't have. It just, it's, it seemed kind of out of place. And again, I'm not taking anything away from the performers because, like I was telling Matt, the Bellas actually worked a solid match. No botches. They they helped get Rousey over even more. Rousey did her part. Like, it went off without a hitch, but it wasn't, compared to all the other stuff, it wasn't a strong match. Yeah. And so that's that was my only big gripe. But everybody, like, we're right, right now we're watching the Battle Royal and every part of the battle royal, it it works. It just works. Even this, <laughs> this stupid little thing with Lana, 
trying to play Peacemaker in a battle royal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it worked, and I was I was really surprised because uh, let's be honest, it it isn't uh, that these women are inexperienced, but this is their own show, and it's all of them involved. Yeah, this is a first time thing. They never get that kind of momentum on a show, right? So, it was going to be really interesting to see how this this played out. And to me, it was it was a phenomenal show. I really really liked it. So I remember when we first talked about this many episodes ago. I I talked about how Ronda Rousey shouldn't be in the main event because it took away somebody else's spot, and. Uh, I still stand by that statement, but I, I, I look at it now as Ronda Rousey, who has, in my opinion, shown that she can figure it out inside that ring. Um, I'm not saying she is main event talent yet, but she's definitely not this uh, glorified rookie that has absolutely no talent and absolutely no business. I appreciate the fact that as a fan, she has enough respect to continue to get better inside the ring. So I don't I don't take away my initial statement from many episodes ago, but I look at it as as this, okay? I get why Ronda Rousey was in the main event. She's the biggest draw. But as a booker, and correct me if I'm wrong, you take your biggest draws to sell tickets, correct? Yeah. Once the tickets are already bought, does it matter where you put your biggest draw? No, and especially in this point, especially on this card, because their biggest draw happens to be just an attraction. Yeah, and that I think that's a more important point here is that absolutely she, she's just an attraction. So you are cha- you already got the asses and seats. Yeah, champion or not, yeah. she doesn't need to be the main event. So. I, I mean, even even a mutual friend of ours who I I had a pretty it wasn't heated like we were yelling at each other but a, a pretty heated conversation disagreement uh, about Ronda Rousey and her placement. I understand she's a draw. I get that. I don't uh, necessarily agree with his statement on the women's evolution doesn't happen without her, but <laughs> I understand she's an attraction. You use her to get more more butts and seats. I that's that you're correct there, but once you have that, once you have the, the the eyes are already there, so there's a golden opportunity to exploit more talent to a crowd that may or may not have been there with you know, with or without Ronda Rousey. Right. So in this case. Even before I, I even see the match, and you confirmed it by, by by watching it, and others have done the same thing, the match that should have been the main event was Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair. Absolutely. And a, oh and, a, and a last man standing match, or a last woman standing match. And that right there is how you end evolution. Yeah, it should have been. So. It should have been ended that way. As, as far as your, your heated conversation with our mutual friend... Uh, I know it wasn't very heated, but 
you definitely fooled my daughter. She thought <laughs> she thought there was gonna be some shit going down. She was so nervous and yeah. anxious, and I was like, "Oh no, it's it's all good. I promise." Two two passionate wrestling fans. <laughs> that's that's what it was. We can agree to disagree, but yeah. So that's that's. I'm I'm glad that Ronda Rousey's getting better, and I'm glad that Nikki Bella and and Brie, for this matter, uh, didn't fuck up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I laugh, but yeah, that's exactly what it was for me. But but even with them having a good or decent match, again, I agree the the, the match placement is was was wrong there. I mean, just switch the two at the very least. Yeah, at you the know, very least. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, how I would how I would book it as far as what I what I've seen as far as the card goes, I would have gone. I don't even know if this is how it went. But I would have gone uh, Shirai, Storm, third to last. Rousey and Bella, second to last. And then the main event be Becky Lynch and um, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Flair. And the reason why I do that is because Shirai and Storm, I haven't seen the match. But again, you confirmed that it was a hell of a match. It was. I look at those two as a potential show stealer and put them third to last. And then, with all due respect to Rousey and Bella, at this point, for, for all intents and purposes, they are the the cool off match. Put yes. the, put put them in there. Let them do exactly what they did, and then give me the the, the last man standing match or last w- woman standing match. I would have booked it the exact same way. Yep. So, I, those are minor gripes. You can say we're nitpicking, but uh, believe it or not, booking. Booking can make or break a, a show, and I would, you know, I'm not going to say it hurt the show, kill the show. Obviously, it went, it went through, and it, from what you said, it was great, and from what I've seen thus far, I, I I'm enjoying it. But uh, match placement is important. It is, and and these are the fundamentals, and and I think that's why we we were nitpicking here, you know, like get the fundamentals right. Right. It's the simple shit that you should be able to execute all the time. I was telling Matt. It seemed like, it, like it had, there was a vibe with this show, and it was like I felt like someone had took the talent aside, all of them, and yeah. were like, "Look, knock off all the petty bullshit that that's going on. Right. Just go out there, take care of each other, and perform." You know, all all kidding aside, with me pointing out the fact that this is not the first ever all women pay per view. Uh, I I understand how big of a deal this is for WWE and their female talent, and I understand there's there's issues with this show because it's just a uh, kind of like a cop out for WWE because of the Saudi Arabia deal. That this is the only reason why women are getting that. If that's true, I don't care. You have the opportunity to to, to put on the show. Whatever the reason it is, as far as management is concerned, look, management's always going to be shysty, no matter what company you work for. We pretty much all know that, unless you're management and you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, take advantage of it. Take full advantage of it. Oh yeah. And I I like again I like to hear the fact that the the the, the good talent, the eights the A squad were, were great, the B squad. Didn't you know? Had no no issues. They they performed well. This is your opportunity to showcase what you can do. 
you know, all the talking's over with, and they delivered. And congratulations, man. I mean, that's that's awesome because uh, you and I both know how important it is to get female wrestling at a respectful level. And the independents been doing that for a long time now, and international wrestling has been doing that for a long time now. Here now you have sports entertainment uh, in WWE that are doing the same thing, and it's like, it, thank you know, thank goodness that finally, you know, we we are getting respectful women matches. I guess to be cliche here, that's what's best for business at this point. You know, so <laughs> congrats to them, man. I, I'm going to continue yeah. to watch as we absolutely congrats. As, yeah, as as we as we record the show. Uh, continue to watch and continue to enjoy, and uh, you'll probably get my comments throughout the episode. So. <laughs> Before I turned on Evolution, though, I, uh, I I turned on Crown Jewel. So November second was the Crown Jewel uh, pay per view. October twenty eighth was the Evolution pay per view. Uh, both of them, by the way, you can catch on WWE Network. You can get a subscription through us if you have been dropping the ball for 38 weeks <laughs> and not been getting one. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. It's all one word. Mm-hmm. You can go through us. And I put it on. I didn't have any expectations, uh, high expectations for it. And um, you immediately, uh, you'd watched it. Yeah, unfortunately. Now, in his defense, he had Evolution on first. And, like, this was just kind of this on. So I was like, yeah, fuck it, I'll watch it. Yeah, I just kind of I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, just, I'll, I'll check it out. I know it's going to be bad, but I'll check it out. And, you know, we're not going to talk about the show. It's it's There's some really stupid things that I, I, I only watched the first three matches, and I was like, no, let's put on Evolution. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course, there's a couple things that I want to talk about with, with the in regards to Crown Jewel. Uh, some quick results here, though. Uh, even though he wasn't in the actual tournament, apparently Shane McMahon is the best wrestler in the world. The best wrestler <laughs> in the world. You uh, heard that right, folks. Yeah. Uh, can't make this up. So Shane McMahon, best wrestler in the world. I guess say that again. And um, what else happened there? Um, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, real quick, who, who won that match? AJ retained. AJ retained, so AJ's still a champ. He is now the, he now has the ninth longest title run in company history. Who who was he, uh, who did he beat out? Uh, that you know? I do not know. Okay. And then, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Brock Lesnar, pretty sure you said, wins the universal title. Unfortunately, yes, that is that is what happened. We just got rid of him, ladies and gentlemen, and now he's back as your universal champion. So I blame Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Roman, damn it, you should have never went anywhere. Yeah, they could have kept you on TV and just not had you like be super physical. Fuck, now this I guy's mean, back. Shit. I, look, uh, why can't Brock Lesnar have leukemia? <laughs> yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're not poking fun at, at anybody with leukemia, but. Roman Reigns with leukemia doing, you know, the treatments and everything would have been on Raw more than Brock Lesnar. Healthy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, and, 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 you know, prove me wrong. I'm that prove me wrong guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not poking fun at anybody with leukemia. As a matter of fact, I'm wishing leukemia upon Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's two different things, folks. Yeah. 
I know I'm going to hell, so spare me. Spare me the, the talk. We'll but. tell you how to hate tweet us later. <laughs> yeah, because there's some people that are going to have a problem with what you said there. We'll, we'll give you all the information, so don't, don't worry. Don't worry. You'll have your, your time to shine, if you will. Yeah, I would much rather see Roman Reigns, given his situation. I would much rather see him on Raw just, you know, grinding it out than having to deal with this bullshit all over again. Again, yeah. It's going to be another 500-day fucking oh my God. rain and shit. You watch. It's, yeah. It's it's it's, it's kind of crazy because it's like you you had a champion that that can't be there. Obviously, he's he's going to go through a lot of, of, of physical things with, with his cancer, with his leukemia. He physically can't be there. That's why he's giving it up. He can't do this anymore for the time being. So you give the title, the next guy who has a title is a guy who physically can't be there because his contract says he doesn't have to be. <laughs> I'm not a Braun Strowman advocate here. I'm not. He's one of the, the last guys I want to see a champion. It's actually, it goes it goes Brock Lesnar as the last, Braun Strowman as next to last. Yeah, yeah. So just give the Braun Strowman. Those are my two options. Give the Braun Strowman. Yeah, please. I, why are we not? Why are we not giving titles to full time? Well, you know what? At this point, talent. At this point, let's call it what it was, man. Instead of fucking having Shane McMahon become the best wrestler in the world, have him become the Universal Champ. Yeah, I would have much rather fucking enjoyed that than what I fucking seen. I, it, on Shane McMahon, best wrestler in the world. Vince McMahon, Universal Champion. <laughs> That's how Crown Jewel ends. <laughs> Oh man! It's, you know, it, 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 this company we just praise it for for the evolution pay per view, and then they don't even go a full week before they ruin it all over again with this with this bullshit. Like, what seventy two hours? Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's like my goodness, man. So that that's that's Crown Jewel uh, in a nutshell. Uh, if you want to watch it. That's a. Hey. It's on the network. Yeah, <laughs> do whatever you got to do. But a um, couple things with Crown Jewel. Uh, let's start with let's start with the really goofy idea here that is is actually plausible. So, for those who don't know, WWE has signed a ten year deal with Saudi Arabia to do shows. Apparently. So if you're not a fan of the Saudi Arabia shows, uh, sorry to tell you, but um, it's going to happen for the next decade. So there's that. And one of the clauses in this contract is that if WWE decides to sell, or if Vince McMahon, rather, decides to sell the company, then the Saudi Arabian prince, the who put together the show, the uh, Crown Jewel. I'm assuming he put together Greatest World Rumble as well back in April. Essentially, gets first dibs, mm-hmm. first crack at it, and he has already stated that he is uh, ready to throw down seven billion dollars with a B. Yeah, with a <laughs> B to buy WWE. What's your take? On, on on this, what's your what's your initial thought? 
he, you know, Vince McMahon is up there in age, and you know, th- there's a lot of talk, especially from from us podcasters out there, where you know, it, it there's a there's a common opinion that he's just he's lost it. He's he's mentally not stable, right? And he makes these decisions that just don't make sense. And I was telling Matt before we started recording this episode that, like it or not, he was like the driving force behind the Evolution pay-per-view. And it's like, how does that work? Like, throughout their their normal television shows week after week and most of their pay-per-views month after month, he's he brings the the company down. He makes horrible decisions and... He's constantly having the writers rewrite shit or, or overproducing. I think that's a better word for the situation. He's constantly overproducing. And yet here you have Evolution, which was a pretty fucking stellar card. Yeah. Like, how does that... Like, I don't understand. Like, is he on meds now? And we don't know it? And they're, like, they're finally kicking in? Or, like, I really want to know what what gives... What gives that he got evolution right, but he can't get everything else right? It's not like he doesn't have fucking experience in this. He's been doing it for how long? Jesus. <laughs> well, I've been alive. But uh, <laughs> to answer your question, what do I think about all this? Uh, I think it's possible that Vince McMahon does sell this company, especially since uh, he's looking to focus more on his rebirth of the XFL. I could, oh, God, yeah, I, I, about that. I could see him taking some of that money and pumping it into that. And uh, I, let's face it, the way the rules keep changing in the NFL, he's got he like the market is opening up for for an alternative. And Vince McMahon wants to give it to you. <laughs> Stop making points. This <laughs> is becoming more and more plausible. As far as uh, the the Saudi gentleman who wants to purchase the company for $7 billion, He's a prince. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He's a prince. Uh, <laughs> prince Saudi. I'm, I'm not prince from... Saudi. Yeah, I'm not familiar <laughs> with his name. We're going to call him Prince Saudi. That works for me. Uh, there's a lot worse we can call him, yeah. so we're not... Yeah, Prince Saudi's good. We'll just stick with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I could see them doing that. You know, they... They obviously want to go and become more of a global company. You know, you and sure. I were ta- you and I were talking about the big conference they had where Triple H was talking earlier in the year about basically taking the NXT brand all over the the world and right. and doing you know NXT UK, NXT Asia, NXT Africa, and things of that nature. But I I I don't think Vince McMahon necessarily subscribes to that point of view and I think he would be much more prone to just selling the company outright than to to build it slowly but surely yeah with the the NXTs all over the place so yeah I think it I think it's a matter of time I think it's a matter of time before it happens they're already in cahoots doing shows together for the next 10 years more than likely they're going to have the first WrestleMania outside of the United States, I would assume that's a thing. Well, they they I mean, besides Canada. Yeah, besides right besides yeah. Canada, yeah. So, yeah. If you were to 
All right, let's. If we were to put a bet on it, you would say Vince sells to Prince Saudi. Eventually, yes. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think it. I think it happens in in the next ten years. So at some point. So what I, is? I think probably closer to like one to five years, as opposed to you know seven years or ten years. So what do you think is the? What's the domino effect? If you can predict one, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna have you go through the laundry list of, 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 like the business, but in general, what does that mean? What does that mean for your your talent? What does that mean with some of your sponsorships? We talk, we t- kind of talked about this earlier, and like I don't know the ins and outs of right, right. of all this business, but you got to think. Let's let's kind of like throw. Let's throw some facts out there, right? So, shows like Raw and SmackDown, they have advertisement dollars. Yes. That that they they get quite a few of. And so, what happens to those? You don't just out and out back out of a deal with companies like that. Right. Um, no matter how much you pay for a company. So, eventually, either the advertisers would have to change or... Maybe uh, you know what? Now that I now that I'm saying it out loud, maybe what it is is after their deal with whatever cable networks they're on for their television shows, maybe they get put on different cable television right networks, and that just changes the the advertising dollars and and whoever they're advertising with. That's probably the the more logical situation here when it comes to that um you had asked me earlier like how how do things look in the future if this happens uh stateside i think there will be some growing pains obviously because look at new japan yeah new japan is trying to go and become more of a western company and they you know they already obviously based out of japan anytime there's that kind of level of expansion trying to happen you're not going to be able to do everything right because you're trying to please a whole other demographic or two of people. And it's just, you know, you have to deal with different cultures. You have to deal with a myriad of problems. Right. Or potential problems, I should say. So they're going to have their growing pains. Here's my issue, though, because, look, I don't, I'm not a huge political guy, uh, admittedly, but... I do know that Saudi Arabia is consistently consistently amidst a lot of controversy. And the WWE currently is, as you mentioned, with things like NXT, as well as just scouting talent altogether, as we see two currently in the ring right now, Tony Storm and uh, Io Shirai, two international competitors. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine that you're going to have a lot of companies outside of the United States and Saudi Arabia, for that matter, that are going to have a problem doing, continuing doing business or doing business to begin with, with the the new regime, if you will, taking over. And, I, and but you, you, hey, you're absolutely right, and we already see it because you have. Uh, you have John Cena and Daniel Bryan right. refusing to take part in Crown Jewel. Right. I think that's just the beginning of that. 
So that's where I look at it as, is it wise to sell your company? Look, I've been I've been talking back and forth with a lot of a lot of people, and of course you got those morons. That, well, why would why would you walk away from seven billion dollars? Ethics mean a lot in business, too, ladies and gentlemen. Ethics mean a lot. The longevity of your your your, your profits are going to mean a lot, too. I mean, yeah, $7 million is a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. But besides that, what does that mean for everything else, too? I mean, also, what about loyalty? Does not loyalty mean a lot to your business? I mean, are we going to see people without a job if this goes down? You know, at some point, you, you as Vince McMahon, even though he's old and senile, he's going to have <laughs> to take a look at it and, and say, or at least the people around him too, his family who works for the company, are going to have to look at it and say, is this the best move? Do you walk away from a company that's been in the family since the 50s and sell it to this guy? Yeah, again, $7 billion is a lot of money. But if we're not talking about a company that is struggling to survive here. They are on the brink of, of expanding to levels that we've never seen the WWE go before. Any sports entertainment or any sports company. entertainment company, why why would you just trade it in? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there room to make your own seven billion dollars at some point? Yeah, and, and again, like I said, I I think that's where the Triple H situation comes into play, and you do it you slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady wins the race, and and he's got the right idea. I mean. Anybody who watches NXT, whether it be the UK version or the the American version, those two brands that phenomenal, br- phenomenal, yeah, absolutely phenomenal, constantly. And, and that's another thing too. What about the fans? So, I I asked some of those fans. I was like, what, like, what if that's the end of the WWE as you know it? And their response is like, so who cares? You walk away from seven billion dollars. So do you not like your product? I mean, <laughs> I understand you're not. I, I, I hate that, that that response. It doesn't matter what I think because I'm not the one in the business decision. You're still a fan. You still have a say. I mean, yeah, yeah you, you don't have a say in the business. Uh, well, you kind of do. You kind of do. Because right. that's your money. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's your $10 every month that you, you spend on the network. Yeah. That's your $20 every time you buy a shirt. That's every $100 you, know, you spend on the title or whatever it is. Or, yeah, or the tickets for shows and, right. and things of like that nature. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but... I, I, I get what they're saying in a sense like they're not the ones signing the contracts. That's not what I'm asking you though. You have if if this kills the WWE, I mean we're talking about something that has been around since the fifties and this kind of move with and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the the Saudi the Saudi Arabian Prince, because I, you know, I don't know what's going. I, I'm not very political here, but somebody that is deemed controversial, with a country that has been deemed controversial, and you make this decision, you see everything, everything that you've had before potentially goes to shit, and essentially only one person and his immediate family benefit from that. And then everybody else is left out to sea without a paddle. Yeah, again, I don't know who's on the board of directors for the company at the moment. Obviously, they would have to vote on it because they are a publicly traded company. Um, But 
I hate to say this, if if it was brought up, and this is why I say they they would sell because of all the money involved. That board of directors, I think they approve that sale because it means money in their pocket. Quite quite honestly, they're a public publicly traded company, and uh, don't get me wrong, they're the popularity and the success of the product has a certain percentage of that strictly from fans. Yeah. You can you can debate the percentage all you want. I'm not going to do that. But the fans make up a certain percentage because their dollars count too. Yeah. You're right. And and I just don't think it counts enough. I think yeah. their ad dollars are much much more stable and and prevalent and that's that and that's why I think they get sold. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, this, this started off as to me as like a joke um article here and reading it it's like okay, I guess it's plausible and then hearing some of the arguments here, points you made and points that I've 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 read throughout the day it's a it's definitely a possibility that this happens and i mean i'm not going to try to fantasy book the 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 future of the wwe but it's just it just seems like you you kind of burn up put out your own candle during a time when it's it's potentially going to be lit at its highest level so again you know i understand we live in a money hungry world and a lot of people out there are just, you know, money, 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 money. And um, somebody had posted this. I, I've, I've read this this uh, this case from somebody that does listen to the show. But, uh, you know, thanks for listening. But uh, you're also uh, somebody that I, I have a lot of arguments with. And uh, <laughs> telling me that I'm, I'm, I'm crazy for not looking at it as just pure money. You know, because I said I made the point of, of the controversy and all that stuff, and he, he he had told me he didn't he didn't ask me he told me that if a if a if a Nazi were to come offer me seven million dollars for my house, that I would take it. Interesting. Yeah. Would Would you? No, I wouldn't. You sure it's seven million dollars? Yeah. I wouldn't even if, if we're talking somebody that is. Like pure evil here, and I'm not even calling the Prince of Saudi Arabia pure evil. Again, I'm not political. It's not a political show either. But <laughs> you know, we're talking a Nazi here. First of all, I'm Latino. What, what, is, what does he want with me? Yeah, and, why would he give you seven million? <laughs> yeah, why would he give me seven million dollars? But no, I wouldn't give him the time of day. The answer is no. Look, Tony Montana said it best. The only thing I have in this world is my balls. That's it. You know, as far as money goes, I can make my money and have respect for myself on top of it. Here's where you and I differ. I'd take that $7 million. Believe it or not, I'd yeah. take it. okay. But then I'd shove it up his ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah. At the end of the day, money's going to talk. I get it. I get, I get the type of world that we live in. I, I understand the human element of it. I just think that when it comes to things like this, and I know, I know if, if Vince is not thinking of it, somebody is, somebody in his corner, hopefully, as CM Punk was called him, his idiot daughter is due for son-in-law, 
at the very least would <laughs> would have them think about everything else. But when it comes to this, the fans need to realize it's not as black and white as seven billion dollars. Yeah, it's not as black and white as this. we are talking about a company that has a lot to to offer to a lot of people throughout the the world, and you just it, money cannot be the complete be all end all deciding factor. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I I said there was more one two things I want to talk about with with the Saudi Arabia show. That was the first one. Uh, as we see Tony Storm right now, she wins the Mae Young Classic. Excellent match. Um, it, it's it's a little bit. I know I'm segueing here a little bit. It's bittersweet seeing this because it's like I don't want you to succeed in WWE, Tony Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to su- succeed too much. No, I mean as a fan, I want her to do whatever she wants to do. Uh, I just I I hope that uh, she just doesn't get pushed to the side if she does go full time with WWE completely. Right. So, um, but congrats to Tony Storm. Excellent talents. Super nice person to meet if you get a chance to meet her in yeah, person. Yeah, she was cool as hell. Yeah, just really down-to-earth person. Um, hopefully she stays that way because, I mean, she's just skyrocketing into a, a rock star talent. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, uh, the other thing you, you mentioned uh, was John Cena and Daniel Bryan not going to the show. Yes. They, they refused to go to the show. Uh, we're not talking about John Cena because he's irrelevant in so many ways. Um, yeah, well, I, let, let's be honest. I think because of his schedule already with the company, yeah. where he's barely there now, it wasn't probably that big of a deal for them. Like, oh, yeah. okay, he's just going to miss another pay-per-view. Uh, whereas Daniel Bryan, on the other hand, right, so mu- that, there's much more at stake. I want to give a shout-out to a uh, regular listener, Christian. That irrelevant remark was for you, bud. <laughs> Nobody hates John Cena more than that guy. I'm just, I'm just pointing out there. Um, thanks for listening, Christian. But um, Daniel Bryan, yes, that was that was the guy that I wanted to to bring up. Daniel Bryan did not compete uh, at the Crown Jewel event. Do you know why? Why? I know why. He had to stay home and teach his wife how to not botch moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Clearly it paid off. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Dave, Brad. You saved a life, man. Like, Jesus Christ. As, as, as a purist as he is in the ring, like, that's almost like divorce level right there like, <laughs> I can't be married to you you suck like, you just flat out suck um, but Daniel Bryan doesn't go to the Crown Jewel event he was supposed to face AJ Styles for the WWE Championship in a title opportunity in which he earned at the Super Showdown Australia in, a, in like a five second match against The Miz yeah, I, I had to point it out again yeah like, no well, that's fine Why? why did that happen so fast but um, he doesn't go. You know, you, you got things going on here. Again, we're not a political show. Look it up to find out what's going on with the Saudi Arabia government and all that stuff. And he decides not to go. And the match that he has, or he was supposed to have with AJ Styles, happens on the episode of SmackDown right before the uh, Crown Jewel Saudi Arabia show. And 
he loses. He taps out. I, was it the, the calf crusher he taps out to? I believe so. Taps out, clean finish, and uh, and that's that. So two things here. First of all, this right here was supposed to be a dream match. Uh, you know, with all these 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 signings that WWE has done, they have said you know one of the main reasons is they want to do dream matches. You, you one stop shop for dream matches, fantasy bookings, if you will. And here's one of them: Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Who doesn't want to see that? What wrestling fan, whether you are sports entertainment? Or a wrestling fan, who doesn't want to see that match? Absolutely. And you're gonna do it in front of the Saudi Arabia crowd. Okay, fine, whatever. Do it as long as you you do it right. I don't care where you do it at. They do it on SmackDown. I haven't seen the match. It goes about 22 minutes. It's a clean finish. So I'm not gonna say it was a good or bad match. My issue is you did the match because you couldn't do it at Crown Jewel. And then now that it's done and over with, Samoa Joe's back in the title picture for the time being. Even though he loses at Crown Jewel. But now, Daniel Bryan has been reported by multiple sources to have nothing planned for him in the the immediate future. To me, this sounds like Triple H and MSG. All over again. All over again. Yeah, it does. What's the, uh, the line that Triple H said? Uh... Eat shit and learn to like the taste of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even need to ask, but I'm going to ask because our listeners should know. What's your thoughts on this? What's your thoughts on, on Daniel Bryan potentially being punished for not going to Saudi Arabia? You know what? I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him that he stood up and made the choice not to go. And guess what? If they don't want to use him for anything, hey, that's that's cool with me because we all know He's on borrowed time. Yeah. He's on borrowed time. And, and uh, a few episodes ago, we talked about the 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 number of matches. I think we came up with an ar- arbitrary number of like 100. Yeah. If he's got 100 bouts left in him, how would we spend them? And you know what? If they're not going to have anything planned for him, cool. He's had, you know, X amount of bouts since, since he's come back. Let him cool off for a while. Let him eat shit. I'd rather him do that than go out there and have to work the stupid-ass schedule that they got <laughs> and then him possibly get hurt. So I'm all for it. I'm yeah. all for the, the, the way things are going. It's going to suck that, uh, you know, he's stuck there now Yeah. and not doing anything. But, hey, easy money for him for the time being. So some people have, have, uh, have been going on the social media Sites and saying that Daniel Bryan hurt his career by doing this. And it was just crazy. It was crazy because it was okay for a lot of people when John Cena didn't come because John Cena has pull within the company and Daniel Bryan doesn't. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but it's okay for one guy to do it and another person not to is obviously a double standard that shouldn't exist, especially when we're talking about a, a full-time wrestler who has given his heart and soul and everything. But um, I digress on that. My 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 reaction to to that as far as hurting his career, 
I, I still feel this way. Daniel Bryan hurt his career, or what's left of it, when he resigned with the company to begin with. Because of things like this. Yeah. Because you have to... When we say jump, you better jump. Yeah. That's how it works. You don't get a say in things. Where if you were an independent wrestler, I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm just not going to get paid for yeah, it. And, and that would be the end. That'd of it. be it. That's that's your punishment. You don't get paid. But that's the thing. You don't show up to work. You don't get paid. Okay. That's 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 just a standard that everybody has to deal with, and that's fine. But it's not. Now you get paid, but now you're going to get blackballed. I, again, this is this is what my issue with the company is. You come up with all these things. You you you're the one. WWE Vince McMahon is the one that signed his fucking deal with Saudi Arabia to come and do this, and now he's in, he's enforcing his roster to go to this place that it, it, it's a miscontroversy right now, and it's I don't care. I'm making a ton of money off of this. You so have to yeah, go. Yeah, so you better do it. And yeah. every fucking idiot. WWE market say, well, yeah, it's money. You got, you got to do it. You got to do it. It's, you know, take one, take one for the team, as, as some people are saying. And it's like, motherfucker, the, the guy's got a family. <laughs> the guy's got a. I don't even know how old. I think his daughter's what a year old. Yeah, something some, like that. Some, maybe less. Like that, maybe less. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, definitely less than a year. And it's like, maybe he's thinking about her. I, look, I'm not. When you're told. By U.S. government that they can't guarantee your safety as a company, I would be a little scared too. And and, and maybe maybe it was the wife that said, you know, I really don't want you going. And again, I don't. I'm not the biggest Brie Bella fan, but when it comes to something like this, we're not talking about wrestling anymore. I can understand it. Look, I get it. It hurts Daniel Bryan's argument a little tiny fraction of a bit when only two guys decide not to go but I don't blame him for one second for doing it because I don't know what I would have done in his situation I, 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 I can't I would have to think about it so I'm not going to have a yes or no answer right away here but I get it you can be upset about it have a conversation with Daniel Bryan maybe try to talk him out of, of, of not going this and that, but at the end of the day, respect goes a long way, and just respect the fucking guy's decision not to go. Again, he's not the one that signed the dotted line, and he's not the one that says, "Yeah, let's go to Saudi Arabia for ten years." <laughs> and again, it leads to my question about this whole Saudi Arabia thing: does, How does this type of deal affect your roster, whether you sell it or not? Because if Daniel Bryan gets blackballed here. Daniel, we're, you know, again, we're not talking about a mid-carder, or, or, I mean, potentially he will be now, but we're not talking about a guy who nobody knows, a guy that wrestles on main events or whatever obscure show they have nowadays. <laughs> Mike Canellis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way to go there, sucker. You know, we're talking about a guy that is heavily featured in a lot of other things, you know, Multiple-time world champion, huge, you know, huge moments. The Yes Movement and all that stuff. We're talking about a legit star here. And he's going to get blackballed? What message does that send to everybody else? For me, 
even if I went, let's say I'm, I don't know, let's say I'm the guy that replaced Danny Bryan, I'm Samoa Joe. I go, I take one for the team, as, as some of these people would say. And my reaction at this point, the first word that pops in my head, if I'm Samoa Joe, even if I'm doing all this, run. As soon as you can, I'm out of here. Because yeah. I'm not going to be fucking told what to do. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be vilified for something that I don't want to do. If we're talking about safety here, hey, you got to remember too, what's going on with that country right now is it's serious, but it could be so much worse. So what happens when it becomes so much worse? Are you still going to demand that you guys do business out there? I mean, I understand there's a uh, you're contractually obligated over the next 10 years to do so many shows, but what happens if it gets to the point where everybody's safety is is highly compromised? It and wasn't that long ago when that country was like that. Right. And so, so like, what happens then? Like, yeah. is, it, is there some clause we don't know about where they can just easily back out of a show and right. everything be okay? I don't... I doubt it. No, that's there's a lot of money to be to be made here in this situation. It's interesting that they signed a ten year deal. That's yeah. a long time. That is a long time. It's a really long time. Uh, so, I was surprised by how many people were so against Daniel Bryan not going, and then some people, or not even some, but a, a, a large amount of people are just saying, "I don't get why Daniel Bryan's even a main eventer to begin with." Fuck you. Yeah. Whoever said that, <laughs> fuck you. Go do your homework. It's not like there's this thing called the internet out there. Go fucking watch YouTube at the very fucking least and enjoy some classic Brian Danielson matches like you should be. That's your fucking homework for the next three years. <laughs> Jesus. I, it's It's sad. It's sad that he's stuck here. My my initial reaction was "fuck you," but it, my statement to them was, "You just don't. You don't deserve Daniel Bryan." No, they don't. You, you don't deserve they him. Don't. You don't know what you have with him. You have one of the best talents of this era. It's like walking around with a million dollars in your pocket and you're looking at it like pieces of paper. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? For 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 uh, you know a fan base, it's all about money. You just don't know when you have it. Like it's just <laughs> fuck, man. So that's what's guess what's potentially going on. Again, the the sources that I've read never came out and said that this is what's happened, that he is being punished. But uh I mean, let's call it what it is, like you said earlier. Yeah, because it's happened before. Yeah. It's happened before to other performers. This isn't anything new. This this is their MO, their modus operandi, man. This is what they do. When you get on Vince McMahon's bad side, yeah. You when you tell him no, this is what happens. Yeah. And there's enough interviews and podcasts out there to back back this up. So you can't tell me that we don't know what we're talking about. It's out there. It's it's, it's at this point. If you're if you're enough of a wrestling fan, and you even take 20 minutes to go do some quick searches on the internet, you're gonna find some shit, and you're gonna understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean he's he's just one spiteful son of a bitch, man. Uh. Speaking of Saudis and business and things like that, uh, Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio was told he could not do Chris Jericho's cruise because he's signed with the WWE. 
And I guarantee you, if if Rey Mysterio didn't smooth things over and 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 you know make basically make a deal with the devil, it would have been the same thing with Rey Mysterio. He never made would have made it to Crown Jewel. They would have told them to stay his ass home because he's on punishment, <laughs> like a fucking child. Yeah, simple as that. Um, but we have more Saudi stuff to talk about, possibly. Uh, when we come back from our break. We're going to go pay some bills really quick, so hang tight. Stay tuned. This episode of the 20 by 20 crew is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Sign up for a free 30-day trial, and you get instant access to thousands of movies and television episodes. You get to borrow Kindle eBooks. You also get unlimited free two-day shipping with no minimum order size. You don't have to purchase. You can cancel anytime and still show the 20 by 20 crew some love. You can sign up for Amazon Prime through the 20 by 20 crew by visiting our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are here, episode 38 of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. Again, I am Joe. I'm here with my brother, Matt. Yo, yo. And we're talking Saudi Arabia controversy and job changes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, before the break, we were talking about this whole... Uh, WWE getting involved with Saudi Arabia as a business partner over the next 10 years. But uh, rumor has it that they're not the only ones possibly getting into business with uh, Saudi princes. So uh, it's been put out there, if, if you guys have not heard, that uh, it, I don't want to call them an unlikely duo, but... For all, for all of my intent and purpose on this podcast, I'm going to call them an unlikely duo in the form of Chris Jericho and good old J.R. Jim Ross. It's been, it's been put out there in the rumor mill that these guys are in cahoots with uh, a Saudi, a very wealthy Saudi businessman who wants to start a wrestling company. And, uh, of course, both of them have come out and, uh, pretty much dismissed the, the rumor altogether. You know, Chris Jericho came out and was just being a smart ass about it. Like, oh, apparently I'm doing this now. And, yeah. And JR came out and while he didn't, he didn't, uh, play it the same way Chris Jericho did, um, but he did say something to the effect of, you know, one of these days, someone will actually come out with a wrestling company where wrestlers don't have to take shit like this or bullshit. Right. And he was referring to the whole ordeal with the WWE trying to put the kibosh on Rey Mysterio working Chris Jericho's wrestling crews. Because, you know, obviously he's under contract to them and they didn't want him to do it. So uh, that's what Jr. was talking about. I, I want to know what you think about all this. Is it plausible to you at all? Do you, do you think it, it could happen? Uh, you know, what happens if it does happen? I find this more plausible than at the moment than the Vince McMahon selling 
or WWE selling themselves to a Saudi prince. Yeah? Uh, I do, because I look at a guy like uh, Chris Jericho, and quite frankly, he's done it all in this business. I mean, wrestler, he's helped promote shows and, 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 and things of that nature, and He's got the wrestling mind. He has the connections. He has a lot of bridges that he has in order to help them come up with this type of company. Okay. And, and Jim Ross is really, quite frankly, I would say is in the same boat. Obviously, both guys, great wrestling minds. You know, I, I, I know we poked fun at Jim Ross on the show before, um, and deservedly so. But... A guy that knows the business, a lot of connections. I think with the right investor, you have two guys who have the mindset of old school and new school. Because one thing I would say about Jim Ross, he's one of the few old school guys that understands change. He understands that change is necessary. He doesn't always know how to be a part of that, which you see that with the terrible commentary that he does in New that's Japan. A, that's a very good point. But that's where Chris Jericho comes in. He fills in the gaps of the remainder of that. On top of bringing a great wrestling mind on his own right. I mean, he's not just a guy that's a, a, a great wrestler. He didn't get become successful in his business and be able, and stay as relevant as he has been for decades Without being a very intelligent wrestling, without without having a very intelligent wrestling mindset, so the only thing that lacks currently is the investor. You get the right investor, which it seems like they are are in talks of doing. I I wholeheartedly think that this is something that is going to take off sooner than later, and I find this more plausible. Because this isn't one of those situations where one day they, they, they're, they're locked into this contract, and then on top of the contract, you know, you, you have, well, I get first dibs if you decide to sell. This is, if you do the business, if you do things, if you do come up with this company, you have an opportunity to set your ground rules before anything is signed. Therefore, there is no worry of, well, what happens if this and what happens if that? You take care of X, Y, and Z, which I have, a, I have a good feeling that Jim Ross and Jericho can do it, on top of the people that they surround themselves with, with, with the investor to say, this is what we you know, want, blah, 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 blah. And then when, if that works out, that, which I, I feel that it could, or that it would, I should say, then you have two guys that have a ton of connections that are able to get talent for their product, potentially sign them to to deals, non-exclusive, by the way, because it's still independent wrestling. So you would, like Jim Ross said, you wouldn't have BS like you saw with the cruise. You know, you can do cruises or, or other shows on top of this, you know, as far as this company is concerned. I think that Everything is is is, like all the pieces are there, they just have to be put together. And I do I do find it plausible, much more plausible, much more realistic, at the moment, 
keep that in mind, ladies and gentlemen, uh, of the of Jericho and and Jim Ross doing this company than it's let's say WWE selling right now, so, which I don't I don't disagree to say that they won't sell. Just no, no. I just don't see it as plausible because there's there's still so many things that have to be figured out. Again, it's just not and not that you've said that it was, but it's not as black and white as selling for yeah obscene amount of money. Uh, obscene amount of money, right? There's just so much. There's so much that has to go into it that even you know before it even hits the board of directors, I think it. There's so many things that have to be talked discussed. You know, and there's other there's other companies, whether it be you know your your show your channels that you're on, your uh, sponsors and things of that nature. So, and again, we talked about that already. So that's why I feel that where this is at, because it's a brand new thing, it's not an existing company as as its own. You can set the ground rules and the foundation before anybody gets anything invested into the. Into the business, we joked about you know job titles changing and, and whatnot, and and I bring I kind of bring this up to not necessarily because of Saudi investors, but because of Chris Jericho and and like you said, he him both him and Jr have have enough uh, bridges out there with with other talent and and people in the business to where yeah they they could possibly get the you know acquire the, the roster and, and uh, the team to to put together their own company with that being said there's a lot of talk uh, from from Cody himself Cody Rhodes yeah about how he's transitioning into his next role in professional wrestling you know he's he's clearly um, he's already came out and said he's done with Ring of Honor at the end of the year. Because his contract is up, he's not looking to re-sign with them. He's, you know, finishing out his New Japan dates as well, and and what have you. So he's he's a free agent to do basically what he wants, where he wants. Given the, you know, that some company or or, or some entity out there gives into his demands. With that being said. There's been a lot of talk also about uh, wrestlers not having to go through BS, like Jim Ross said, and yeah. uh, and then also to add to that, and I don't want to sound like I'm reaching here because it's something that's been brought up before, just not in a very long time, but wrestlers unionizing for you, you personally. Could you see Cody Rhodes becoming a part of a company, whether pre-existing or not, and them launching something like that where wrestlers do have a union and him being a part of it? I could see it happening for sure. I <laughs> I come from a, uh, a household that was uh, union workers. I'm, surprisingly, though, I'm not the biggest fan of, of unions. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of headaches involved with them. I'm interested to see what kind of of issue, what, what kind of issues come up if this does happen. But I do. That's not the, the question that you asked me to answer your question again. I do feel that yeah, I, I like Cody. Cody seems like to be the right guy. 
to do it. Because, like, most union reps in, we'll call it sports right now, a lot of the representatives are former or current athletes with, with that respective sport. Okay. So, it would make sense. Cody's got the right mindset. You know, it... Put, you know, put the wrestler first. I mean, he's dealt with the BS that is WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think he would be an advocate for it as well. But I just, I'm curious to see what kind of BS a union would bring to the wrestling business, especially in the independents. Because I know, with all due respect, and again, this is not a, a debate show here on this topic, but I know the BS that is a union and what that could bring <laughs> you and I both <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just intrigued I'm intrigued by the idea I'm not I don't know how I how I feel about the, whether I'm a fan of it or not but uh, yeah as, as far as uh, in a nutshell I could totally see Cody being an advocate a founder you know for it so it'd be interesting to see that brings me to uh, my next topic here and that's the the guys in the elite uh cody kenny omega the young bucks hangman page marty Skrull. all all basically stating you know they they want to stay together they want to be able to still work together and do everything together include including uh, contract negotiations yeah there's all this talk about you know whether it's whether it's just a rumor or not. There's all this talk about um, a new company starting. How 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 do you feel? How do you feel about those guys signing with some brand new brand spanking new company and starting from the ground up? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? I know, I know you have your opinions about them leaving the Bullet Club. Yeah. We could talk about that, too. Yeah. That's also on the table. Well, I'll start with, with your initial question. Um, I trust what these guys do as far as their futures. You know, they, they have proven with their track record that when it comes to trailblazing, uh, they have the guts, they have the knowledge, and they have the talent to make it work. And quite frankly, that's really all you need to, to be successful in really anything. And uh, as far as a new company and being on the forefront, I think it's great. I, I think it could be great. And for that company, whether it's a Jericho company or another company, that's going to give them instant credibility because of what that name brings because you look at anybody in the wrestling business today, as of right now, where we stand in late 2018, they're the hottest commodity throughout the entire business. Yeah. WWE included. Mm-hmm. I don't care what any fan says. That's just how it is. <laughs> again, I don't need to bring up the numbers of All In again, but they absolutely destroyed it. They so, did. So yeah, that's my... Initial reaction. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I just there's a lot of talk going on. And again, obviously this all, this is all rumor until it actually happens or yeah. it doesn't happen. Sure. But 
it would it, man it's it's it just seems so serendipitous right now like these guys are all together they're all you know becoming free agents at the end of the year they have their future bright and wide open and all of a sudden now there's talks of this company starting to come out like it seems too perfect yeah it seems too perfect to not happen sure you know and if that's the case and they do do it they were they were talking about like uh how much time it would take for them to like get their shit together so that they can have an actual product to present to people and they were talking like late 2019 that's not that far away. Yeah, yeah it, it seems like a long time for the the fan that's sitting on his couch waiting for it to happen, but as far as making things happen and getting the, the, the wheels grinding, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, that's something that is going to be on the table for us to talk about throughout, uh, throughout the rest of this year and obviously 2019. But uh, let's go back to what you said because it's on the table, and, and I, I've been... I've been chewing on this for for <laughs> a week or two now, and uh, you know, you and I, we we took some time off from each other. I've I've been away you know, visiting family, so I hope you guys are enjoying that special Shawn Michaels episode that we did. It was a fun episode. It was two part episode there, and so, just just like his eyes, eventually you and I meet again. So. <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, it was a really. It's been a long time. Uh, it seems like even though it's only been like maybe a couple of weeks, so we sat down and talked about wrestling. And so much has happened. You and know what? That is, is that that's like a thing now. Yeah. Whether whether you realize it or not, like when we take these two week breaks. Yeah. There's just like a plethora of shit that it happens. Just keeps it keeps coming, man. It's like a purge. It's, like, <laughs> blah, there, it's all out in the open now. Like okay. So, with that being said, talk, I, we, I'm going to start by what we talked about initially uh, a few weeks ago about the the Bullet Club Elite releasing shirts that that were being dubbed as their final their final Bullet, Bullet Club, Club shirts. And what that means for the future, potential faction war happening, and... Uh, a fan, I don't know what, what, what was going on with Twitter, but a, a, a fan wrote something on Cody's <laughs> Twitter. Okay. And Cody responded saying that he was no longer a part of the Bullet Club. Right. And uh, calling out fans who didn't understand why. He pointed out what happened at King of Pro Wrestling with with, uh, with Jay White and Gato and Jado leaving chaos joining the bullet club pointing out the fact that he was not a part of that therefore that's all the information you need to know that he's not part of the bullet club really not a good answer seeing that you obviously have two factions within a faction you know the bcogs and bullet club elite but leave it at that about a week later during the Jericho cruise, there was a podcast by first Chris Jericho's podcast, and I gotta point out, it was after the match, the six man tag match, that was dubbed Alpha Club versus Bullet Club, mind you. 
Okay. He has the Bucks, or at least one of the Bucks. I think it was Matt that he had on on his podcast, and he confirmed that the Bullet Club Elite was no longer part of the Bullet Club, and that they were simply known as the Elite. They're their own faction. That part doesn't surprise me. It bums me out, of course, but it doesn't surprise me in the least bit because the writing's kind of been on the wall. These guys are the kings, at least in their own minds, of fucking with the fans and teasing them. To me, I you know, I'm a huge fan of them, but I just I just don't I don't buy into teasing. Just ask anybody that knows me when it comes to like Christmases and all that stuff. I don't like surprises. <laughs> just tell me what the fuck you're doing. Either that or I'm just, I'm checked out. Just let, I'll come back when you tell me what's going on. I don't like being teased. I just, tell me what you're doing or I'm going to go somewhere else. So I've gone somewhere else. You know, when those guys do something, you know, with Ring of Honor or this or that or you know, whatever company it is, I'm going to watch. I'm a fan of the of their in-ring stuff as far as like being the elites. Their, their, their YouTube show and all that stuff. Nah, no thanks. So I'm not surprised by them leaving. Okay? I, 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 wanna, I want everybody to understand that. My issue that pisses me off is how they left the Bullet Club. You left the Bullet Club via a Twitter comment and a fucking podcast. And then that's it. We're done. We wipe our hands with it. We'll finish up any dates we have. But as far as the Bullet Club, we are done. Let's look at the Bullet Club Elite. Or, excuse me, let's look at the Elite, shall we? We'll take out Kota Bushi, who I'm assuming is part of the Elite now. Or maybe I, I, not. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, no? I don't think right, so. Well, fuck him anyways. We're, he's not part of this. <laughs> so, the, the Elite. Hangman Page. We'll start with him. Adam Page. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll go through this quickly. Sure. Adam Page was a fucking nothing. Gets put into the Bullet Club. And he was a nothing. He was a talented nothing, but a nothing. Prior to the Bullet Club, he was part of the the Prestige, where he was carrying the buckets of Jimmy Jacobs and B.J. Whitmer. (laughs) And just getting his ass handed to him every single week. Joins the Bullet Club, gets hooked up with, with the Young Bucks, and becomes a fucking star. The Young Bucks were a tag team that nobody wanted to deal with because they felt that they were too cocky. Joins the Bullet Club, are allowed to be themselves or whatever they want to be, mm-hmm. and they become stars. Uh, let's see, who else we got here? Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull was the television champion when he joined Bullet Club and has this somewhat rivalry with Adam Cole. Adam Cole, who is leaving to go to WWE... And therefore, they insert him the night that Adam Cole leaves and does this complete shocker. Holy shit, Marty Skrull is in the Bullet Club, who is first introduced to the Bullet Club, being endorsed by the leader, Kenny Omega, who was the hottest thing in professional wrestling at the time. Potentially still is. Mm -hmm. And then he becomes a star. Cody. Cody went from being a guy that was painting his face in WWE being told that they, he doesn't, there's nothing for him in WWE, asks to have his contract, is granted that, tries to f- discover who he is in 
other wrestling companies, Global Force Wrestling for a while, TNA or Impact Wrestling for a while. Nothing's really clicking. Comes the Ring of Honor, hooks up with the Bullet Club, and Cody's got a purpose again. And it's like Cody got his groove back. <laughs> is what, what, what happened. And then you have Kenny Omega. A talented junior heavyweight who joins the Bullet Club. Has this cool, you know, Terminator gimmick. He's the cleaner, all that stuff. But he's a junior heavyweight. With all due respect to junior heavyweights, they're treated, they're undercard, you guys. Yeah. This is how it is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He has a tag team match with AJ Styles at New Year's Dash. They win their match. They celebrate. AJ's leaving to come to WWE. You expect this big send-off. We talked about this on the show before. Yeah. Have this big send-off. And then as he, as AJ is on the, the on the middle rope, putting his hands up in the air for the crowd, here comes Kenny Omega, picks him up on his shoulders, and hits him with the one-winged angel. Russell mm-hmm. Bullet Club comes out. What are you doing? And then they, they join in on the fun and embrace Kenny Omega as a new leader. Kenny Omega is now a star. Yeah. I understand milking things for what it's worth, but it's something that we talked about with WWE earlier in the show is respect, loyalty, and appreciation. But the way that they left the Bullet Club, and I understand Cody has come out and said the Bullet Club is going to be just fine, whatever it's at now. You know, that's Jay White's thing now. Okay, that's a nice little endorsement there. But there could have been a lot more, or at least... Even a little bit more would have gone a lot way, I should say, in sending and having yourself a send off and saying, you know, yeah, we're done with the Bullet Club, but do something for those guys to make sure that that ignition, that flame, doesn't go out. And I'm not, I'm not saying that those guys can't do it. Tamatanga is really hot right now. Jay White is really hot right now, but. You also left a lot of fans, including myself, under the impression that something, at some point, these two are going to collide. Potentially post-Wrestle Kingdom, because Kenny Omega's got his own thing going on with Tanahashi at the moment. But something's got to give at some point. And that, that left it open. That left it open. The way that New Japan promoted it at Fighting Spirit Unleashed with, with, with uh, G.O.D. And, and, the, and the Young Bucks. These guys calling themselves the elite and that the rest of the Bullet Club wasn't on their level. And that G.O.D. always took exception to that and finally they had their opportunity to prove that they are not only on their level but above it. And yeah, they had their match, but what about the rest of the Bullet Club? There's a lot of new faces on here that are unproven. Taiji Ishimori, to a lot of the New Japan fans, or, or the... Uh, American fans is unproven. You and I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie Eagles, I don't know much about him. I've seen some of his matches. But they're still left to be unproven. And as far as Jay White goes, he's just now starting to get that main event buzz. Yeah. So my thing is, what a big deal would have been to have Jay White, let's say, in the ring with Cody or Kenny Omega. Or something along those nature, along those lines. Some kind of of a torch passing, 
if you will. Maybe that's a, a bad choice of words. No, no. But, I, but something of that nature. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, because well, it's just like, you know, again, I understand you, you know, because Adam Page said it on his Twitter account, you know, I'm, when, when it came to the T-shirt, the last T-shirt. I'm going to melt this Bullet, uh, Bullet Club thing one last time. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I don't, I think it's a shitty choice of words, but fine. That's, you know, do it. But why not give back to the, to the group that made you the star that you are today? At least helped make you that. Because that name, because of guys like AJ Styles and Carl Anderson and Prince Devitt and the guys that came before you, Doc Gallows, they help. They they built that faction to what it is, and that people that joined that group had a golden opportunity to become household names, and they did that. They achieved that. But you got to ask yourself: Does that does that happen, especially at the pace that it happened, without the Bullet Club name? I don't think it does, especially for a good chunk of those guys. You know, Cody. Probably had the best chance because he's got the name. He has a name. He's got a lot of opportunities there. But much like Ric Flair joining Evolution, there was something missing when he first joined compared to where he's at now. There's definitely a, a, a groove, an ego, you know, a sense of, of I'm Cody. I'm one of the best fucking wrestlers in the world today. When he first joined, I didn't get that sense of him. There was definitely something missing there. He had a bad fallout with GFW, but then again, it's a Jeff Jarrett company, so maybe that doesn't count. A bad fallout with TNA. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, just everywhere he goes, bad fallout with WWE. Everywhere he went, it was like Cody wasn't wanted. And then here is Bullet Club, the, the, the New Japan faction that took him in. I get it. You don't want to be tied down by a New Japan faction anymore. Not saying that they were really tied down but, but you know now you could do whatever you want mm-hmm. there's no well I gotta we still have this I get that I fully understand why they left it's just the fact that the way that you left was so uneventful it was almost just like I, I agree very uneventful but uh, you know we we still have time left before the end of the year before those contracts are up there's a little hope. There's a little hope that... I have uh, very little hope at this point. There's a little hope that something happens, that they, they do one last thing to pass that torch and to, to just tie up loose ends at this point. Because you're right, it is very uneventful. Like, you you tout this big civil war between Bullet Club, yeah. and then one 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 of the sub-factions is like, yeah, you can just have the name, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Um, it just doesn't make sense. But this whole this whole elite thing, initially when the rumor got spread about Chris Jericho and Jim Ross trying to start a new company, the elite was the elite's names were put out there. Like everybody was on board; they yeah. were going to go, except for Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega apparently was not a hundred percent sure. With that being said. He still is the IWGP heavyweight champion at yeah. this point. He still has Russell Kingdom coming up. That's why I sit there and say that I have hope. I have some little shred of hope that something is going to go down one last time 
between all those guys. And it could it could be 30 seconds long. It could be a couple matches long. But I still have that little bit of hope. I don't know how they would do it. And you know what? I'm glad I don't know how they're going to do it. Because that's one of the things I've enjoyed about New Japan for the past couple years. Is the way they book. Yeah. You Things happen and you don't see them... You don't see them coming, and it genuinely surprises me. I love that. Yeah, I've watched so much fucking wrestling that it's hard for me to be surprised. So when you do have that effect on me, it hits like ten times harder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm, wait, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what what fucking magical rabbit they pull out of his hat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. Right now, I agree with you. Right now, it's very uneventful. They're being very nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, okay, we're done. And if that's the way it's going to go down and, and and it comes to fruition that way, dude, that's that's bad karma on them. It's 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 really distasteful. I mean, again, you could you could argue say they don't owe them anything and, and look, all these guys are, are extremely talented. It wasn't like the Bullet Club made them talented. They had that, but you, you know, this is wrestling. And and wrestling you have to have charisma. And Adam Page and Marty Skrull, and I, dare I say, it? yeah, Kenny Omega were not very charismatic until they joined the Bullet Club. True, you know, and and it, it, they gave them that platform to become this. It, it's so, in a way, whether they, they they owe the Bullet Club that or not, it's just respect for for everything that that name, that that logo, that that fan base gave to them. And for them to say, yeah, fuck it, we're elite. That's all. That's what we are. You're going to like us no matter what. And there's a fan base that will. There are always just going to be those fans that are like, oh, yeah, we're just going to flock to whatever you do. And again, I'm not saying I'm not a fan of these guys. Do not get that wrong. These guys are some of the most talented wrestlers in the world today. That's what I go for. But it's just like, man, that name, too, that Bullet Club name, that special thing where like you look at so many guys that joined the bullet club guys that were nothing beforehand you know it, it was it had that feeling it wasn't us versus the world mentality and you know even when with the kenny omega and cody and you know all those guys all those guys at some point as cody was said they were undesirable not that the bullet club was the island of misfit toys but to in a way they kind of were for for a while, it was it was us versus everybody else, mm-hmm. and that's why you had that gang mentality that they had. It was a gimmick that that worked because there was a lot of truth behind it. And I look at it now, I like the fact that yeah, because you had like this egotistical version of Bullet Club with the elite, you know, the BC elite, and then you had what the BCOGs that were kind of like we're just as good as you are, if not better. And we're going to prove it by any means necessary. And again, that gang mentality is back. I like that, but it would help if those other guys would be like, we're going to do, even if it's a little bit. It doesn't have to be a big, dry, you know, full-out war or anything like that. Something to say, watch these guys. Yeah. Watch these guys. I don't, again, I don't know how you do it either. I don't, I don't have, a, you know, a magic ball where I'm going to predict how you do it, but... There's something out there that they, they could have done. 
if if they could figure out all in, they could figure out this. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope I hope you're right. I hope that the, there is a glimmer of hope. And now between from now until the end of the year, there's something something goes down. You know, as something at some point. Well, I I say Russell Kingdom from now until Russell Kingdom because Ken, Russell Kingdom. because Kenny Omega has a match at Russell Kingdom. So yes, he's the only one that's that's at this point looks like it's going to be at Russell Kingdom. Which is fine. Yeah. And it, again, I I'm still giving it till then. Well, I, I mean, I I would I would go the day after because I don't want anything to happen at that Russell Kingdom match. If, if, we're, if we are <laughs> if if we are gonna get no, actually, no matter what, even if it's Omega versus Naito, I mean, you're running out of time with that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even if it's Omega and Tanahashi, like I just I just want that match. Give me that match. But. uh New Year's Dash is usually filled with at least one or two cases of shenanigans. Do something that night. But um, that is uh, that's just been bugging me for for, <laughs> for a while. Because when I when I saw that, I was like a fucking Twitter comment. Like, come on. Yeah. Again, very nonchalant. You know, and and you know, it all began with the T-shirts. They were just like, yeah, this is our last Bullet Club T-shirt, and and I get it. They want to push their own brand. They want to push the elite brand. Absolutely, I get that too. Um, but you're right. There's there's ways there's ways of doing business proper ways, and to me, I agree with you. This is this is not it, not by a long shot. So I hope they have some planned up their sleeve. One one last something. Give me give, give me know. one last ride. Yeah, one last ride. You know, for, just just for just for the sake of, of of that logo, of that name, and of everybody that that flocked to that Bullet Club. I uh, I immediately <laughs> when the word came out and, and it was made official, they're no longer Bullet Club. I immediately jolted back in my mind like twenty years to um, someone who I used to be friends with. Yeah, um, we would joke. When factions would break up and stuff, we would always say, "Oh, your T-shirt's no good anymore." And it it's a uh, it's kind of like an homage to those fans that are just like, "Yeah, okay, they're gone now. Well, I'm done with the Bullet Club," and I'm not a fan of that. I'm still a fan of the Bullet. Oh Club. yeah, I personally can't wait for what's being called what's being dubbed the Cutthroat Era. Like, don't get me wrong, I. Much like Matt here, I enjoy Kenny Omega and the Bucks and, yeah. and all their camaraderie and shenanigans and whatnot. But that's not why I got into the Bullet Club. I got into the Bullet Club because it was a bunch of badass dudes kicking ass, taking shit over, doing whatever the hell they want. I'm glad the Bullet Club is going back to that. Yeah. And I can't wait. I can't wait. You've got... You know the uh, the biggest fucking dirtbag in Jay Jay White. You know he's apparently the leader now. Yeah, and I can't wait. I really can't wait to see what happens next with them. It's crazy too because you got probably two of the biggest heels. Yeah, that New Japan has to offer right now, and Tamatanga and running Jay running White. a heel faction, which. Again, it it all makes sense, and you know what too. It's almost like our our wrestling answer, our wrestling prayers were answered because <laughs> we we were talking about this. Yeah, we were many episodes ago, where it's like 
we miss heel Bullet Club. Like they're yeah. they're they're a babyface faction now, even though they're not declaring themselves that. But they're a babyface faction, and it's just like, even though I don't like how it all went down, but with a snap of a finger, if you will, or a Twitter comment, it's like we're a heel faction again. <laughs> you know, full blown heel faction, and it's like, man, you know, it's it's awesome. I mean, Jay White. Ever since he came back to New Japan last year, I was I was shocked that the first guy they gave him was Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, you, you just don't just get a shot at Tanahashi. Now, I'm not even talking for the IC title, which Tanahashi had at the time. You got Tanahashi. And he has, he has the match at Wrestle Kingdom, a solid match, and... Ever since then, it's just continued to progress. There's something about this Jay White guy. And when he joined the Bullet Club, it was it was almost like a, it was about time. Because he was not, he never fit in with Chaos. No, he didn't. He just didn't have the, 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 the feel of but a it Chaos was, it, member. But it was booked in such a way where like no matter no matter whether he fit with them or not. At least to me, like I, I never thought it was a possibility that he would go to Bullet Club. Even it, after it, that G one Yeah, it just seemed like okay, he's not fitting in with them, there's going to be a power struggle within chaos. Right. I always thought that. And I'm like, all right, that makes sense to me. It's more logical. They're gonna go that route. Right. He's gonna battle Okada for right. for leadership of Chaos and then whoever wins you know, naturally, it would probably progress into either more babyface or more heel. Right. You know, and then he joins Bullet Club, and it it just it hits you like a ton of bricks. Like holy shit, I didn't expect that. That was great. So I said what I said uh, just now about not fitting in, but this I, I just want to point out how good the the writers are for New Japan Pro Wrestling because. I also, like you, didn't see him join a Bullet Club. I, I thought the same thing. And it started with the, the first night of the G1 when he had that match with Okada. And it was just full-on heel. Destroyed <laughs> Okada. You know, and, he's, and then he, that night he declared that's his chaos and that that was his rainmaker. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, even then I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah. whoa. You know, and then does, you know, does his thing throughout... You know, and then you have, like, the, the... You see the power struggle happening. And it fits perfectly because Okada, bef- the month before the G1 starts, uh, he... Actually, the, the, the same month... No, the month before the G1 starts, he loses the IWGP, IWGP heavyweight title and completely is is, is in, the, in the midst of, of trying to find himself again. Mm-hmm. And it's like the perfect attack. I mean, you're attacking a wounded animal at this point. Yeah, yeah. Which is what Jay White was doing. And it's like, yeah, the, it's going to be chaos, chaos versus chaos. And then the whole Bullet Club thing happened. And it's like, you got me there. Like, <laughs> I, I did not see that happening. And it's like, that's how good it was. Because they took something that should have potentially been obvious for us. Because, I mean, not maybe, whether it was Bullet Club or even Suzuki Goon. Or something. He something. just like fuck this. I'm not. If you guys are gonna, you know, not be this way, the way I want you to be, then I'm not gonna be a part of it. It should have been a little more obvious than it was. And it's just like no. It was. 
it was like, no, nah, I'm going to take over Chaos. I'm going to take over Chaos. Nah, I'm just kidding. I want Chaos. <laughs> I, it's like hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Hiding in plain sight, and, and they made it work. I mean, I, that's good writing. That's good booking. Everybody else take notes. Yeah. So. And you th- can start by getting your own New Japan World subscription, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash NJPW. We make no money off of that one. That is nah. sheerly for the love. Yeah. They are working on uh, expanding the English content quite a bit. Yes. Um, they said, I think it was back in early October, that they were they were definitely making a big push to have a bunch of it by the end of 2018. So there, there you go. They're working on it. And uh, there's already a lot of stuff, but it's wrestling, folks. You don't... You don't necessarily need the commentary to enjoy it. I mean, it might make a little more sense to you, but those matches, there's tons of classic matches. It's worth it. It's worth the eight or nine bucks a month. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of doing some plugging and not getting paid for it, uh, there's a couple of things I want to bring up. Uh, again, support professional wrestling is what, what we do on the show. Always support professional wrestling, folks. And uh, there's, a, there's a couple of things, a couple of... Uh, Couple promotions that have been catching my eye. Uh, first of all, shouts out to Black Label Pro. Uh, they are continuously on Powerbomb TV. Absolutely fantastic promotion there, based out of Indiana. But uh, Major League Wrestling is another one that has been catching my eye, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't been watching this, I, I just started watching the weekly show uh, the past two weeks. If you haven't been watching it, check out Major League Wrestling. If you have BN Sports, which I know a lot of people don't have. It's not in everybody's uh, TV lineup. But they have a weekly show called Fusion every Friday night. And if you don't have that, don't try to subscribe to it if you don't want it. Go on YouTube on Saturday nights at a familiar time. 6.05. 6.05. They have it... The the episode that is aired on Friday nights, you can catch it on Saturday at 6.05 on their YouTube channel, absolutely free. Uh, my God, I mean, this is some of the best wrestling, independent wrestling I've seen in a while. And you get it every single week. They Every single week, an hour every single week, they, have, they do have a few two-hour episodes. Uh, and for you uh, old-school fans out there, there's going to be a familiar voice calling the action. Tony Schiavone is the play-by-play <laughs> guy. And I got to tell you what, man. It was such a, bla- such a blast from the past hearing his voice call matches again. Uh, he is alongside Matt Stryker. I don't know how everyone feels about Matt Stryker. I, dude, I, after watching Matt Stryker do Lucha Underground commentary. Newfound I, respect. I am all for it, man. He's, he's clearly come into his own. And give him time. If you don't like him right away, give him time. He grows on you. He knows what he's talking about. He's very knowledgeable. He, yeah. he is. He is he's, the epitome he, of a wrestling nerd. Yeah, he's a wrestling nerd. <laughs> he loves and, the business, and, man. And, and, and it's like, man, like watching him do WWE stuff. It was brutal. Yeah. You know that that uh, Macho Man DVD where him and I think it's Maria hosting it. Yeah. 
It's like, oh my god, it's fucking. Well, how much terrible. is somebody talking in his ear, though? Well, and, yeah, and well, I mean, now we know that that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> he's got his own thing now, and he's great at it. So yeah, yeah. They, it's 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 great. It's it's really cool. Uh, they, I didn't realize until earlier this week that they have exclusive con or not exclusive contract, but they have contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, people who wrestle for them can also wrestle elsewhere. This isn't WWE here. But I mean, you got guys like Shane Strickland. You got the Lucha Brothers who do work with them. Mm-hmm. They're the current tag team champions. Maxwell Jacob Friedman is a champ. Is their middleweight champion. Loki's on the card as their heavyweight champion currently. Tons of great stuff. Uh, look out for them if they're in your neck of the woods. I know for us uh, here at the Twenty by Twenty crew, they're going to be in our neck of the woods relatively soon. Uh, we may or may not be there. We'll let you know if we will, and we'll give you an update on that. Um, but, man, if you want something to watch every single week, uh, check out Major League Wrestling Fusion. Again, on BN Sports on Friday nights or YouTube, 605, uh, every Saturday night. Another company I want to plug is a U.K. company that uh, is trying to find themselves again. They're... Dealt with a little bit of financial problems, but they're they're trying to make a comeback here, and that is Defiance Wrestling, again based out in England. They uh, they had a a weekly TV show, YouTube, who I was just praising here, uh, kind of were were being douchey with them on on as far as money goes. Uh, that's still the case actually, but they uh, they want to sell their pay per views, and the the way to reach out is to Make their product more known. So starting Sunday, December 9th. So you got some time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they will be having a weekly TV show on YouTube. Sweet. Um, called Defiant Loaded. It's going to be every every Tuesday afternoon uh, for here, us, us in the States. Because uh, they are airing it live for their UK fans. You can check them out. They uh, they're going to be doing uh, monthly tapings and and then doing every sh- a show every Sunday afternoon. So again, more weekend wrestling for you, in hopes that uh, you will purchase their pay per views. Sweet. They have their own streaming service. They're good. They're, man, it's such a great product. They have they they have a lot of. Uh, I think of, it's like eight bucks a month. Yeah, it's like eight bucks a month. Yeah. They got a lot of familiar faces. They're internet champion right now. You might know him. His name is Walter. Walter. Uh, uh, oh, he, my God. Some people wrestle. Walter kills. So <laughs> I met that dude. He is very intimidating. He was super he nice. But, yeah. man, is he an intimidating guy. When he shook my hand, you can tell. Because, you know, I'm an average size guy. You know, and he just... He shook my hand, and he, you could tell like he wasn't squeezing as hard because he was afraid that he was going to break me, So, <laughs> which he probably would have. So, also, too, if you're not completely sold on them, Defiant will be taking uh, select highlights from their show, including full-length matches from the pay-per-views, and put it on YouTube for free as well. So please, please, please don't let this company go to waste. Don't let them fall through the cracks. Support this company, please. Because man, you will not be disappointed. Just watch their stuff. Go on, go on YouTube now. Uh, I do think they have a free trial with their streaming service. I believe so. So yeah. even check them out again. They're not. We're not affiliated with them. We don't get any money for that. They have no idea who I am. I'm just a fan uh, trying to spread the word here. But um, 
again, this is this is what we do. We kind of hope that uh, you do the same thing too. Actually, Major League Wrestling was brought back to me by a fan. Like, hey, are you checking this out? And I was like, no, I'm not. I know what it is, but let me check it out. And I was like, oh, holy shit. So <laughs> um, that's what the beauty of uh, of sharing sharing information is. Like trading tapes all over again. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're just doing it over social media. Yep, yep. So um, let's cluster. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us yeah. this week. Wrap it up. Another episode. So uh, oh, real quick here, too. I know we joked about it aside. But we were not joking about the the actual situation here. Uh, I think you and I are both in the greens here. Uh, for Roman Reigns, uh, nothing but the best. So hope yeah, man. Beat this thing. Beat it. Come time. back. Come back so that you can uh, finally kill <laughs> Brock Lesnar. Yeah, you were the only one that could beat Brock Lesnar. So uh, please, man. Yeah, no, but yeah, cancer fucking sucks, man. And uh, you know, so many people, including you and I, have been affected by this disease uh, so beat beat this thing man beat you know he, I'm pulling for you and, yeah. and, and and hoping you come back stronger than ever absolutely um, but if you want to yell at Joe for <laughs> <laughs> how, how can they reach us uh, you can always catch us uh, our home on the web is 20x20crew.com we are on Facebook facebook.com <laughs> slash 20x20crew we are also, uh, we have our own Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk, where you can come uh, give me an earful <laughs> about all kinds of stuff. Uh, we are on Twitter. You can hate tweet us at 20x20crew. Uh, thank you for all the Twitter love. And uh, Instagram, instagram.com slash 20x20crew. And uh, we, we have uh, exclusive content on YouTube. Under the guise of the following contest, where we fantasy book match after match. And uh, the most recent thing we did was uh, an all-out Bullet Club war, which was really fun to do. Yeah. I really had a blast doing that. Uh, you can find all of our exclusive YouTube content at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube, all one word. And, um, yeah, I think that's it. You can email us if you like, 20x20crew at gmail.com. I don't know, uh, other than the bitch and me, I don't know why you would. <laughs> no, uh, no. from time to time we do get uh, fan requests and such, hence the Shawn Michaels episodes 36 Keep and them coming, man. So, yeah, that please do. Um, let's, let's us know that you're listening. Yeah, thank so. you. Thank you again for listening. Thank you always for listening. Yes. And, uh... Yeah, yeah, cancer sucks, and until next time, we will see, see you in, in the, the ring. ring.